Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 1960 Plus podcast. Today, we are bringing you another special guest for the summer series where we are interviewing special guests. And today is a special one, guys. We have with us today someone that I've been following on YouTube and social media for, oh, God, six, seven years now. We have it with us today a member of Football Daily, a presenter for Sky Sports, a football analyst, and just, I would say, a football expert, honestly. We have with us today Doogie Critchley. Doogie, how are you doing? And thank you so much for being with us here today. I'm very well, thanks, Christian. Thank you so much for that kind uh, kind introduction. That was incredibly kind of you. No, I'm very good. All is well here in the UK. We finally got a bit of sun for the first time in about six weeks. So, yeah, after this, I'm going to get out in the sun and burn my very pale skin. But, um, yeah, no, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Of course, Doogie. I'm excited to have you here. Like I've been saying, I've been following you and Football Daily for, it seems like forever now. I've become a huge fan of the channel and huge fan of you. So I'm just super excited to have you with me as a guest today on the podcast. And like Doogie mentioned there, guys, he's coming from us all the way from the UK. So I believe it is 5 p.m. your time over there, Doogie. And it is 10 a.m. over here in the States where I am from. So yeah, I'm ready, man. Are you ready? I'm very ready. I'm very ready. I hope you've had your breakfast and your morning coffee. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, without further ado, guys, let's just get right into it. So Doogie, first of all, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and mainly where you're from and how you got into football? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually originally from Scotland. I know a lot of Americans absolutely love Scotland uh, due to sort of ancestral you know, ties, as it were. Um, but yeah, born in Scotland, even though you wouldn't really guess it because I do not have a Scottish accent, um, both my parents or at least my mum. Uh, is English. And yeah, I spent a lot of time uh, in England throughout my life. So I don't have the Scottish accent, but yeah, grew up in central Scotland. My mum now lives in Yorkshire, which is like a, a quite small county in the north of England. I've been living in London for the last, oh, since when did I graduate university? Since 2016. At university, I studied international relations, so sort of history, politics, that sort of thing, and then decided in my last year of university that I wanted to get into sports broadcasting. Had no experience in it prior, but was really passionate about sport. You know, always enjoyed debating, arguing, had done a radio show during my time at university and just thought, I really want to give this a go. So on leaving university, I did a master's in broadcast journalism, so um, TV and radio and learning how to write and produce and also edit, which I think is crucial for anyone looking to break into the industry and finished that in 2017, about May, 2017. And then was lucky enough, applied for loads and loads and loads of different jobs and was lucky enough to land a job at Football Daily, which at the time had just been bought by Sky the year before. So they were recruiting, they were increasing the team. Anyone that watches Football Daily, there were the regulars, Joe, Zach and Chris were already there and Pat um, and Mikey McCubbin and then the team sort of grown from there and over the last six, seven years, you know, we've created, I don't know how many videos, I think it's been about an average of about 16 a week for the last six, six, seven years, transfer news, quizzes, you know, long form content, debates, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know, drills, the whole, the whole shebang. So that's kind of a background to me. Uh, in terms of how I got into football, it was actually quite unique. I actually got into it through a game called Football Manager, well, actually the previous version of that, which is called Championship Manager, which a few people listening to this might have played growing up. So it was the 2003-2004 version. I was into football at that stage, of course, already, sort of around sort of six, seven, I really started getting into it. But it was playing that game with my brother who would, he was a bit older than me and he would control the mouse, but I would have to go off and scout players for him. 
by reading like newspaper reports and buying like handbooks of the Premier League. And through that, I really started getting into it. And from the age of about 10, I've been, I've been pretty obsessed. Um, I'm a Sunderland fan, which has been tricky at times, a lot of ups and downs on the way back up slowly, but surely at the moment. So yeah, that's a bit of a background to my love of football and how I broke into the industry, I suppose. Awesome, awesome story, Doogie. You know, it's for a regular fan like myself, you know, just seeing you guys on Football Daily, I don't really get to dive deep into your guys' history. So it's really interesting to hear all that. And wow, you've had quite the journey in your uh, <laughs> career. So that's awesome to hear. Good to get a little insight on. So kind of going back to, you know, the venture into YouTube and football media. Um, you said you just started applying for a bunch of jobs right after university and you landed one with Football Daily. What was the first few experiences like when you actually got the job at Football Daily or Sky Sports? How did that kind of turn you into the person or the career path you're on today? Yeah. So I remember the first few weeks, actually, I remember going for my interview and it was hosted by Again, if you don't, if you're not a regular viewer of Football Daily, you might not these names not might not be familiar to you. Sorry, but it was posted by Chris Hamill and Joe Tomlinson. I remember there was a quiz at the end, a sort of football related quiz, and I thought, yeah, I, I kind of want to really work here. This seems quite fun. And I remember going down to the office just after my interview uh, while they were printing off some paperwork or something like that. And a couple of the guys in the office were talking about some World Cup qualifier between Costa Rica and another country. And I just remember being like you know, these guys are properly into it. This is where I really want to work. And as soon as I got the job, I was like, you know, I, I really need to work hard. I really need to make this work. And at that time, we were covering a European football channel and a Premier League-based football channel, Football Daily, which now covers actually both now because in the last few months, we've changed our strategy a little bit. But at that time, we were working, you know, fairly long hours. We were pumping out a lot of content, really late nights on Fridays, trying to get it ready for the Saturday and Sunday. But there was just such a buzz in the office. Everyone was a similar age. Everyone was very passionate about football. Everyone kind of supported different teams, which I think helps with a little bit as well. There was a lot of, you know, banter flying around. There's a lot of chat flying around. There's a lot of teasing each other. Uh, and it was just such a fun place to work. And, you know, whilst they, you know, whilst you sort of grew from, you know, I was writing a few scripts to begin with. I was, you know, filming um, behind the camera for a bit. And then slowly but surely, they sort of trusted me to go in front of the camera and be one of their presenters. And the amount of trust and faith that they showed in me in that time was really, really crucial. So, yeah, I couldn't be more grateful for that. Tell us a little bit about now the uh, progression of the YouTube channel. Obviously, you said before it was its own entity. Then it was bought later on by Sky Sports. Where is Football Daily now and how much have you seen it grow as a channel and as an organization? Yeah, so a bit of background. I think it started in 2012. Um, it was attached to a company called Diagonal View, which then got bought by Sky in 2016. Diagonal View owned maybe 10, 12 different YouTube channels that they created in-house that could be about conspiracies, movie reviews. They did some fact shows, you know, everything, but also created this show called, or this channel rather, called Football Daily. That grew pretty exponentially between 2012 and 2016, 2017. When I joined, I think it was on about 1.1, 1.2 million subscribers. It's now nearly on 2 million um, in the last six, seven years. And we've just got a really, we've got really lucky with our team. Um, everyone's got the right work ethic. Everyone's got the right attitude. Everyone's determined to put the work in and, and make it make it pay. Um, and in the last few years, lots of us have had opportunities to work closer with Sky Sports. Um, since the pandemic, we worked for a couple of years from home, which was actually the really tough time, I think. Um, you know, creating content in your room, you know, on Zoom is completely different to having 
a studio and feeling more connected to your colleagues and you know fellow panelists on these shows. So that was a really tough time. But since going back into Sky, I think everyone's just felt this new surge of energy and the channel is going from strength to strength at the moment. Um, so it's a very exciting time to be part of Football Daily. Definitely, definitely, and definitely an exciting time to view the content as well. You know, they. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, of course, and you know, guys, when they say football daily, they really mean it. They pump out at least, you know, one video a day, if not two or three. It's just great content on there, so I can't highly recommend it enough. So, Duke, kind of going back to you individually and football daily. What's been your least favorite part and your most favorite part about the job? Least favorite part? Oh, that is quite difficult. I mean, there are times when. Um, you know, there was, uh, I used to do a, sh- a show on Euro Football Daily called ERU, which was a European roundup. And um, you'd you'd end up editing sort of through the night that show, sometimes after doing a Champions League show that we're filming from home during the pandemic. Again, it was kind of all related to the pandemic, because if you don't have the buzz of, you know, bouncing off your colleagues in person, and you're just talking through Zoom, and the game finishes at 10pm, you write the script or finish off the script quickly, that might, you know, might get it ready at 10.20, 10.30, film for 15, half, 15 minutes, half an hour. By the time you've finished, it's like 11 p.m. and you've got to get the video out for 9 a.m. the next day. So you just work quite late, quite long hours and without mu- that much reward. I mean, it was rewarding seeing people really enjoy it, but without the personal sort of satisfaction of, of bouncing off a colleague and, and getting your flow going. So that was probably the toughest moment. In terms of the best moments, I've been enormously privileged to to work with some brilliant people. I got to go on the Champions League trophy tour. So they take the Champions League around different parts of the world that aren't in Europe to promote the Champions League. And me and Chris went to Indonesia. So I got to work with Alessandro Del Piero and Carlos Puyol, who were the two legends that were on that trip, which was really, really fun. That was absolutely awesome. And then in the last year, I've been used a lot more on Sky Sports in the build-up to you know, big European ties, um, big Champions League games, big Europa League games, big conference games. And, and that's led to more opportunities on Sky Sports as well. So those are that's probably the area I've enjoyed the most. But also just on a day-to-day basis to wake up every morning and be working in a sport that you love and your biggest passion. You know, I feel enormously privileged to be able to do that. And it's um, it's really humbling that people tune in and watch our content. Doogie, this next question, I believe you already answered it a bit. You mentioned the times during the pandemic were the most difficult throughout your time with Football Daily or in your career. Would you say maybe on top of that, was there another difficult moment that you remember? Oh, another difficult moment. I mean, it's never it's never nice seeing colleagues leave and, and move on to, to different things. Um, there's been a couple of colleagues leave over the years. But no, I mean, generally, it's been a, it's been a pretty smooth ride. I mean, there's been challenging moments. I remember being told before a Champions League live stream um, about 10 minutes before that Chris Hamill's connection had dropped. So I was told with about five minutes to go that I would be hosting it, which was a little bit daunting uh, with Jolien Lescott and I think it was Sam Abbasaki on that one. Um, so there's definitely been daunting moments. But in general, I think the channel has gone from strength to strength over the years and bar a, a couple of difficult years in the pandemic, which in the grand scheme of things, compared to what a lot of people were going through during the pandemic, we really don't really have anything to complain about. It was just more challenging than normal. Um, so yes, I think those are two examples of, of when it's been a little bit challenging. Now on the contrast side of that, what's been the most successful or joyous moments in your career that you've enjoyed the most? I think we've been lucky enough to be rewarded uh, or like given a shout out for some of the effort we put in. So we've been on... 
um, some of the sort of content award nights. Uh, there was one in Manchester that we went up to and we hired a Airbnb and all got suited and booted. I went along to that and we won, I think we won best international YouTube channel or something. I'm not quite sure why we're in the international category when we're a UK based one, but Euro Football Daily won an award, which was really cool. Then we went out and had an amazing night out in Manchester came back to the Airbnb and we're just sort of partying up into the, the small hours. That was a really fun night. Um, so yeah, that would probably go down as, as one of the best moments. All right, Duke. Now you've been doing this for a while, obviously. What has been the one consistency throughout all of media that you would say that you've seen in your career? Oh, I think the, the thing that kind of overlaps all types of media is that if you want to make it in I'm not even saying that I have, but if you want to forge a career in social media or media, then need to be authentic. You know, I think you eventually get found out if you don't put out what you actually believe, um, if you're just constantly clickbaiting or if you're looking for attention without backing up your arguments. There are numerous creators out there and fair play to them. You know, they're not attached to an organization like Sky, which, you know, lucky enough we are. So we've got a sort of consistent salary coming in. But these guys... And, and girls need to attract attention. They need to attract eyeballs to their platform. And often a way to do that is to make quite ridiculous statements. So I think authenticity is the one thing that sort of goes across all social media. You know, if you want to, you know, put out content, be that podcast, Instagram, tweets, etc. If you are not being genuine with yourself and with other people, then I think you'll struggle to get a platform going. Yeah, being genuine is very important for anyone trying to break into this industry. Um, that's one really good piece of advice from someone that's been in it for years. Is there any other pieces of advice or general advice you would give anyone that's trying to, you know, break into this industry and make a career for themselves? Yeah, definitely. I think perseverance is the big thing. You know, as I said at the start of the podcast, when I left my master's degree, so I'd got a, an undergraduate degree and a master's degree, but I didn't really have that much experience. My my big tip is to persevere and to take any opportunity you can to meet people, you know, freelance, do, do work for free. You know, it, I know it's quite degrading at times and it doesn't pay the bills, but you will, you know, it's a really, really competitive industry and people want to show, want to see how passionate you are um, and how knowledgeable you are. So A, graft really hard and B, start putting out your own content. You know, if you want to be a content creator, you know, if you want to, you know, become a presenter or a producer, et cetera, start doing it. You know, if you want to become a commentator, start commentating at home. You know, everyone's got the tools now. There are so many amazing tutorials on YouTube. Learn how to edit via YouTube. Learn how to Photoshop via YouTube and, and start creating content because no one is going to do it for you. And the amount of CVs that I've seen where people are, say, they're passionate about football. You know, about 60% of everyone on earth is passionate about football. You really need to start making sure that you stand out. And the way to do that is to start creating content right now. There's no excuses, you know, just start doing it. You know, when I started, I was putting out content on my Facebook page. I created a Facebook page for it. There was maybe 50 people watching, but I, you know, most of which were probably my mum's friends, but you, you've got to start putting stuff into practice. And the only way you get better at something is by doing it and repeating it. You know, they say you need to put 10,000 hours into any skill to master it. And start doing that now. Start putting in the hours, start putting out content and, and take any opportunity you can to meet people, learn off them um, and, and just generally, you know, graft your way because it is a really competitive industry, but there's absolutely no reason that anyone listening to this podcast can't do it. 
Definitely, definitely. And you mentioned a good point there, Doogie. Today, people have the tools right at their fingertips, right at their at their feet, you know, with YouTube and all these different types of platforms. It wasn't always like that, definitely, you know, for you and I when we were trying to break into this industry, you especially going through school and all of that. So what would you say has been the biggest change? YouTube especially. I feel like YouTube has been put on the a bit of a back burner, if you would say so, to some other emerging social media platforms. It's not the general place where people go and get their content from. Um, so referring to YouTube, how has it changed um, ever since you joined Football Daily? Yeah, I think it has changed quite dramatically. I think it was a little bit like the Wild West when we first, when I first joined at least. You could get away with so much more. You could make really dramatic thumbnails. You could clickbait a lot more. And the views would just come naturally. There was a lot less creators out there. Now it's a really saturated market. There is so much competition. The standard has gone up significantly, I believe. And you have big you know, organizations like, uh, I don't know, CBS and Sky Sports and TNT Sports, you know, formerly BT Sports that are going to pump out a lot of content. And people only have the attention span of so much. You know, people do watch a lot of content, but people will be going to school, they'll be going to college, they'll be going to uni, they'll be going to work. They can't dedicate that much time to watching content online. So you need to make sure that yours really stands out in a really crowded marketplace. So that's probably what I've noticed the most is we've probably had to professionalize a bit, become a little bit more serious, you know, less dramatic thumbnails, less clickbait titles, uh, and and try and be as authentic as possible. Definitely, definitely. Again, it goes back to being authentic and genuine. Big piece of advice there from Doogie. Now, Doogie, looking at yourself and Football Daily, what are some future goals you have, not only for yourself, but for the channel and for you as your career progresses? Yeah, I think Football Daily at the moment. So about two months ago, we decided to drop Euro Football Daily and just condense the two channels together. And we've seen a massive response from our audience. We're putting more and more effort into creating quality content rather than quantity of content. Content, easy easy for you to say. And um, yeah, so I think we've noticed a big difference. The response has been really good from our audience as well. Um, and we're just making sure that we've thought about everything in, in minute detail to really maximize the views on one channel rather than splitting our audience across two. And I think it has made a big, big difference. So yeah, that's probably the plan for Football Daily to continue to grow. We want to come up with new concepts. We want to work with more and more people. We want to, you know, potentially grow Football Daily into the biggest YouTube channel in the UK. I mean, it's ambitious, but why not? And then as a personal ambition, I really want to continue my work as a, as a presenter primarily. I do enjoy producing content as well, but presenting is where I get my biggest kick. So I want to work more and more across Sky Sports. Um, I'd love to one day, it's an ultimate dream. I don't know whether you guys are familiar with this show in, in the US, but my dream growing up is to present Match of the Day, which is currently presented by Gary Lineker. That is still my dream. It's a really, really ambitious dream. It will probably never happen, but you've got to aim really high because... No one's going to aim high for you. You know, there's no reason that someone, you know, someone's got to do the job. So you might as well try and put yourself in the best possible position. And I feel like if you aim really high in life and you fail, for want of a better phrase, or don't quite hit your dreams, the place where you land is still going to be probably beyond anywhere you thought you could have got if you hadn't have dreamed big. So that's my dreams personally and professionally for Football Daily as well. Wow, that's awesome, Doogie. And I really do wish the best for you and Football Daily. I really hope you guys achieve those goals. And I got to say, Thank Doogie, you. in these last uh, 20 minutes or so, I've learned more about you as a person than I have in the last four or five years by watching you on Football Daily and Sky Sports. So this was great, uh, great conversation starters. Now, for these last 10 minutes or so, I want to really get dive in, uh, excuse me, dive into the football content um, specifically. Let's talk about the upcoming season. How excited are you for the Premier League to be returning to our screens this upcoming weekend? 
Yeah, I absolutely can't wait. I feel like the break went quite quickly, but I feel like it's it's just about time. I was getting a little bit tired of transfer sagas. We've currently got one emerging again with Harry Kane. Looked like it was going to be signed, you know, signed, sealed, delivered. It looks like he's stalling over potentially going there. By the time this podcast goes live, you might well know the result. But transfers, I really enjoy it for the first five, six weeks. But when they drag and drag, it gets a little bit tiresome. So no, can't wait for the Premier League to be back. I mean, the Championship and my team, Sunderland, have already been back in action. We've had a horrendous start to the season. We lost to Ipswich, newly promoted Ipswich, and then lost on penalties to League Two side crew Alexander. So it doesn't look good for Sunderland at the moment, but no, it's going to be an epic Premier League season. I think the narratives this year and the storylines in the Premier League are so, so good. There are a number of teams that I think are threatened by relegation. There are, I think, two, possibly three teams that could challenge for the Premier League title, potentially quite deep into it. And then there is going to be an absolute dogfight for the remaining Champions League and European places. So I can't wait for it all to kick off on Friday night. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, You mentioned it there and at the beginning of the podcast, you're a huge Sunderland fan. Doogie, you've been following this club for years. How difficult is it to be in an office based on or with a bunch of primary big six or top six fans? You know, you have Arsenal fans, United fans in there. I think there is one Fulham fan as well. I mean, how do you do you find it any difficult to actually um, have conversations about your team with the rest of your office? Yeah, it is someone that, something that people often ask me. I mean, yes, there's a lot of Arsenal fans. There's a lot of Chelsea fans in the office. I would say that it probably gives me a better respect, uh, better perspective sorry, on their troubles, having been double relegated down to League One not that long ago. Um, and, you know, they're all crying over, you know, finishing seventh in the Premier League. I would love for my club to finish seventh in the Premier League once ever. So, or at least in my, you know, supporting memory, we did a couple of times in the early 2000s, but I was almost a little bit too young to take that in. So, no, I think it's, you know, it's absolutely fine. I quite enjoy being a neutral in in our discussions on our shows. We do mainly focus on the Premier League with some European football in there as well. And I enjoy the fact that I can hopefully give a bit of a neutral take. I mean, everyone on Twitter seems to think I've got an agenda against their side, which I don't. I don't particularly hate any Premier League side, even Newcastle, who are Sunderland's rivals. You know, I didn't grow up in the northeast of England, so I don't have that ingrained in me in the same way. So I quite enjoy the position it gives me. Uh, I think it gives me a little bit more neutrality, whereas people can get a little bit hot headed when their own club and their rivals are involved. Yeah, it's definitely good to have a neutral take in the office as well. I was just looking at your Twitter because I know you posted your um, Premier League predictions for the 2023-24 uh, yes. season. Yesterday. Do you want to quickly run us through your top four, top six? Of course, yeah. So my top four was Man City, um, then Arsenal, and then third was Man United. Fourth was Liverpool. A little bit less sure in Liverpool um, than I was, well, even yesterday, to be honest. Um, fifth was Newcastle. Sixth was Aston Villa and Chelsea was seventh, which was probably the biggest talking point. So, yeah, that was my top seven. Yeah, top seven. And then down at the bottom three, you have Wolves, Luton and Sheffield United. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you get any? I know you've gotten a lot of heat on Twitter for some. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, not even like some really hot takes. It's just been some neutral comments. Um, Did you get any from some Football Daily fans or other just regular people on Twitter from your top six, seven or even relegation candidates? No, not really this time, which was weird because normally that's what gets everyone so going. But I have noticed that a lot this summer. I've got a lot of abuse on Twitter from some very angry people for, I think, quite passive, neutral takes, as you say. But yeah, I think people are very het up. I think social media is becoming more and more dramatic. And, you know, if you put out your opinions on Twitter, there's bound to 
bound to annoy some people and some people aren't very good at having a rational and reasonable non-personal debate. So they often go beyond the line. But yeah, it's all good. It's all <laughs> part of the fun and games of being a content creator. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, how do you deal with that on a personal level? Obviously, you've been in front of a camera for years now. Um, you've been on YouTube for years as well. Twitter, I think, is one of the most toxic atmospheres that's on any social media platform. How do you personally deal with um, you know, these attacks or these comments? Yeah, I mean, most of them focus on the same things. They focus on the fact that I'm bald. And, you know, I've been bald for years now. So that that is really water off a duck's back. You know, there are times, of course, when it hits you a little bit harder. You know, there'll be a there'll be a comment when you're just not quite in the mood and you know you might bite back. I do tend to respond to trolls, but in a non-personal manner, but I will argue with them in footballing terms. And often, you know, I find after a three three or four messages back, they'll apologize or you know say that they were wrong. And I'm like, why did you get so personal about just a footballing opinion? People can't seem to understand. And I think this is true not just for football, but in society in politics, people are increasingly finding it difficult to have reasonable conversations without getting aggressive. You know, divergent views are getting more and more polarized and it's either my way or the highway. Whereas often I think, you know, it's not just black and white, there's all shades of colors in there. So I do find that a little bit frustrating. I feel like some people on Twitter in particular are quite short-sighted. Now, Doug, looking beyond the Premier League in the UK, are you excited for any other continental football as well? Are you looking forward to any competition, maybe La Liga, Serie A this season? Anything you'll keep your eyes on? Yeah, massively. I think La Liga and Liga... Well, Liga could be a little bit more interesting, actually. La Liga looks like it's going to be tight, but I think the league I'm most excited for outside the Premier League is definitely Serie A. I think Napoli, losing Kim Minche, losing their manager, Luciano Spalletti, bringing in Rudy Garcia, who has a mixed record. He did pretty well with Lille, he did okay with Lyon as well, um, but it does feel like a massive step down in quality in the managerial stakes as well. Milan have strengthened really well. Um, Inter have lost some key players. So it looks like there could be a three-way b- title battle there. Juventus were also playing exceptionally well before the points were deducted, then reinstated, then deducted last year. Lazio have strengthened really well, and Atalanta look like they've made some really shrewd additions too. So I think Syria outside of the Premier League is where my most of my interest will go. It looks like, once again, there's six or seven really high-quality teams that are very evenly matched in that league. Yeah, and along with your Premier League predictions, you also gave your top three or top four predictions for uh, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, and Liga. And so definitely go follow Doogie on Twitter to make sure you guys get up to speed with his predictions. Um, Doogie, uh, before we head out, any hot takes or any bold predictions you want to make for the upcoming season? Not necessarily Premier League-related, but I think just football or European football related in general? Oh, okay. Um, I think I think this could be a season where Jurgen Klopp's job is under pressure. I think it could well be under pressure. Look, I'm worried about their lack of strengthening in central midfield or central defensive midfield, I should say, at the moment. And I just think there is a possibility that he comes under a bit of pressure if Liverpool are once again struggling for top four. I also think there's a possibility that he might walk as well. Um, Don't feel like he's been sufficiently backed in the market as of Thursday, the 10th of August, 5.30. And expectations are high amongst non-Liverpool fans at the moment, it seems, for them to get back in amongst the the Man Cities and Arsenals. Whereas I think looking at their squad right now, it's pretty thin in certain areas. No senior defensive midfielder behind Van Dijk. You've got Gomez and Matip. Canate's injury prone. They're playing a new system that they haven't had that long to bed in with. And they've lost a lot of leadership this summer in Milner and Henderson. So I think Liverpool 
could have a slightly more difficult season than people are imagining. And I think that could ramp up the pressure on Klopp or he could walk away. That is my hot take for the season. Definitely, definitely a hot take there, especially when you put Liverpool in fourth in your predictions. <laughs> I know. I think I went a bit early with that. I'm uh, I'm waiting to see which of these central midfielders they land. I think Romeo Lavia, mm-hmm. quite inexperienced. I think uh, I think Caicedo, Moses Caicedo rather, not Felipe Caicedo. He has not played. He would not be good for Liverpool central midfield next year. Um, but yeah, Moses Caicedo, there is interest there as well. If they manage to get him in, I feel a lot calmer. But if I was a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't be feeling that confident right now. Yeah, yeah. And a lot, I think a lot of football fans uh, say that even though the Premier League starts up this weekend, it doesn't really officially start until the transfer window is closed and teams have their entire squad locked in for the season. Um, Doogie, any last words or comments or anything you want to say before we end the podcast? No, I mean, thank you so much for having me, Christian. It's been really good fun. Uh, If you want to hear more of my thoughts and content, of course, go check out Football Daily on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And you can follow me at Doogie Critchley on all those platforms as well. Definitely, definitely. And I can't recommend it enough, guys. I've been subscribed to Football Daily for about six, seven years now, and I do not regret it. I do not miss a YouTube video. So definitely go check it out. And once again, Doogie, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. This is honestly like a, a little bit of a dream come true. You know, I've been following Football Daily and you for a while, so I... I'm so grateful I got the opportunity to sit down with you and interview you and talk football about you with you. So again, just thank you. And I can't wait to, you know, put this out there and maybe possibly do this again or link up with football daily in the future. So thanks. Perfect. Absolute pleasure, Christian. Have a good evening. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. We're on various different platforms. Spotify and Apple are the main ones. Um, Like, subscribe, whatever the algorithm tells you to do. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Adios. Adios.